0: in your element is made just for you the listener if you enjoy the podcast consider visiting patreon.com slash in your element and supporting at the one dollar level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad free gain a patreon exclusive role in the in your element discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists be eligible for giveaways attend patron hangouts and more now onto the show <laughs> Welcome to episode 31 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler, and I'm joined today by my recurring guest, Matt Jeffrey. Matt, how you been? Uh,
1: I've been very well, dude. How about you? Been good as well.
0: Uh, Both of us just got back from our own vacations, which has been uh, nice.
1: I went to uh, a cruise in Mexico, and and where did you go? Uh, I went uh, down south, just a little bit, to um, Barcelona in Spain for three nights, uh, just to get away from my birthday. So it was, um, yeah, it was really nice. Uh, nice weather, sunny, not too hot, but, um, just nice to get away from all the regular crap that's going on back home, I guess. Yeah. I didn't know it was your birthday during that time. Yeah. It was my birthday on Friday. Um, Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, sir. Um, 28 now. So it's just, it's creeping up. It's creeping, man. I know. I'm. I will
0: be 30 this year, and that scares me. Holy hell, dude! I know. I I don't know how to feel about that. It's happening. It's it's It's, uh, happening, dude. It's happening. That's that's
1: all I. That's all I can think. It's it's happening. I've just got the I've just got the Steve Carell gif in my head.
2: (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. (laughs) Oh my gosh! No.
0: Uh. Well. Uh. You were you were gone. I was gone. Uh. But there was probably some time for games at some point. What have you been playing lately?
1: So um well I I jumped into the uh, the Apex Battle Pass. Nice. Uh I was playing that kind of on the previous uh on the previous kind of couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh before I went on my holiday and then but then I thought to myself okay all I've been doing recently is just playing Apex. I kind of need to distance myself from that just for a second and kind of jump into a new experience. Mm-hmm. So I say new experience, but jumping into like some older games that I haven't played for a while. So I picked up Watch Dogs again.
0: Oh, nice. And The uh, first I
1: one? I, the first one, yeah. So I thought okay. I'd just kind of plow through that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. I I don't understand the hate it got, if I'm honest. And you hadn't but, played this before, right? This is the first time you're jumping I, in? I, I, I had maybe dabbled in it for like 10 minutes, but I played yeah. a lot more of Watch Dogs 2. Okay, got it. Um... So I thought I'd just kind of start over and just kind of lose myself in that world again And yeah. um it's it's great fun like I, I, I felt like it got a lot of hate when it first came out, but yeah um, it was
0: it was one of those first
1: and games everyone was that, kind like, of slating Aiden Pierce as like a really dry dull character, but he yeah. was i thought he was quite a cool character yeah um
0: I enjoyed that i yeah, I felt um, like that game was like a solid eight like it was just a yeah, solid. I Fun playthrough, like I, I like the hacking sequences; those were fun. And the city of Chicago was like very, very realized for the time. Like it was a nice open world to explore.
3: Yeah,
1: I, th- I thought it was a, a, a just a fine game for a, mm-hmm. just a new IP, you know. So, sure, yeah. I think if they expand it in Watch Dogs Three, I think it could, you know, it could really, it could really like push the series forward. I think if if the series is going to be in London, like they said it's going to be, then I'd be quite inclined to get it.
0: Oh hell yeah! That'd be like going back home for you.
1: Yeah, that's cool, man. Sure. Yeah,
0: I hadn't. I had played the first one. I did not play the second one. I was kind of just waiting for a price drop, and that game's been on sale countless times. Uh, but that's a game that's been on my my backlog for a very long time, and I, I'd like to jump into it at some point, especially if there's a third one coming potentially this year. I think
1: it's dirt cheap now. The first one.
0: So, oh yeah, yeah. The first one is, but the second one's the one that I
1: hadn't played, and that the second that's one, the time. second one is very good. Yeah, that's what I had heard. That one
0: was like improved yeah, on a lot of the stuff from the first one, and it's in SF, which is always a cool city to explore. And yep. it's like almost a one-to-one, from what I hear.
1: So. Such a color- It's such a colorful game. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I've I've never been stateside, but I've seen a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about San Francisco and and stuff like that, and it it looks very well realized. Um, mm-hmm. It's very. It's got an in- very interesting color palette. Really cool characters. I love all the technology um, in there too. That's like yeah, right up my alley. Yeah. It's, it's got such a great culture connected to the game, Watch Dogs mm-hmm. 2. So I think it's a massive improvement on the first one.
0: Sweet, man. I'll have to check that out. Uh, I've been diving back into Assassin's Creed Odyssey, trying to get through that. That's nice. a, a game that that I did not get around to last year, picked it up early this year. And then I've been going back and forth between that and whatever game I'm currently playing. So I dove back in there, put about... I don't know, maybe another five to ten hours in there. So I'm I'm starting to get into the story now. Uh it's good. It's definitely like a, a great game that that deserved a lot of the praise that it got. It was uh it felt like more of a an improvement over Origins, which was already a good game to me. So can't go wrong with that. Um and then besides that, I've been just diving into a couple indie games. Uh Steamworld Heist was on sale on the Switch a couple weeks ago uh for like six bucks. And uh, decided to jump in there and play that. Have you played any of the SteamWorld games before, like SteamWorld so, Dig?
1: So i I owned a copy of SteamWorld Dig, mm-hmm. um, but never actually ever got around to playing it. Yeah. And I saw that Steam I saw that SteamWorld Heist was on. It's super cheap here as well. Yeah. I keep seeing it, and I'm thinking because I, I love like games like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you're gonna have to kind of you're gonna have to kind of tell me what that's all about because I'm kind of in the dark on that one.
0: Yeah. So just briefly, the SteamWorld series is like a a variety of different games. The SteamWorld dig games are like this mix between Dig Dug. If you remember that, like Dig Dug arcade game yep. um, elements of that game mixed with like a Metroidvania, especially oh, the nice. second one. The second one is is very heavily influenced by Metroid um, in the, the exploration and going back to get power-ups that allow you to go to different areas that you may not have been able to access earlier in the game though they're very fun you basically dig down um, into the earth and you're like trying to get loot down there but you have this candle that slowly starts to burn out your lantern and when it goes dark you can't see and there's enemies down there that could kill you and if you die all of your loot is down there and you, you basically spawn back up to the top and you have to try and go back in and retrieve it so, the whole point is you're you're trying to get more loot to bring back to the surface that you can use to upgrade your gear that will allow you to get deeper, you know have a longer lantern burn time um so it's this like risk reward thing that that's very, very satisfying to play through and the uh charm is just off the charts in that game. They have such great character design, and like the the graphic design is kind of like a almost like a hand drawn uh cartoon looking um, steampunk style, like they're all like robots. Nice. So very fun, just like colorful game. Um, the first one was great, and I uh, played through that one right before Steam World Dig Two came out. Um, uh, mm-hmm. because that game uh, looked very good, and I was like, I should probably play through this first game. And then uh, Steam World Dig Two came out in 2017. That was one of my favorite games of that year, actually, just overall in a year that had Zelda and uh, Mario Odyssey and uh it was it was a fantastic uh year for gaming if you recall that had uh horizon zero dawn came out in that year as well i was
1: gonna say everyone seems to focus on how insane 2018 was but but 2017
0: was good dude that was a great year so uh but yeah that was uh one of my favorite games of that year was steam world dig 2 surprisingly so definitely um, I mean, you don't need to play the first one to play the second one and enjoy it. I think the second one is just a, a strict improvement over the first game in almost every way. Um, it's a bit more uh, horizontal in the exploration than it is okay. vertical. The, f- okay. the first game is very vertical. You're just going deeper and deeper and deeper, which is kind of cool. And you get into these different areas, which is fun. The, the second game is a lot more horizontal and there's a lot more um, exploration into different areas sideways instead of so much down. Uh gotcha. So those are very fun. Steamworld Heist, completely different game. Uh that one's basically like a 2D uh tactical uh RPG. So you're imagine like a game like Final Fantasy Tactics where you've got like a grid-based system that you're attacking enemies on. This one's uh similar in that respect that you're taking turns, but it's 2D. So you're basically it looks like a it looked like it would play like a platformer. Uh, but basically the whole the whole gist of it is they're like these randomly procedurally generated little mini uh i guess dungeons but they're very small number of rooms that you go in and explore and try and get loot and you've got enemies that you encounter and uh, you have a small team with you that has different guns that you can acquire throughout the game and the the whole point of it is that the different guns have different um abilities uh one of the cool things is that you can ricochet bullets off of walls so you can kind of you know if you've played pool before and you're trying to get like a a nice shot and you have to like line it up and bank it off a couple walls and stuff it feels like you're playing pool but you're shooting a gun which is kind of cool so (laughs) very interesting game Uh, i've been having a blast with it though so steamworm heist if you uh if you get a chance to play that one it is well worth your time
1: i'll have to give it a go for sure yeah
0: Yeah, so that's that's what I've been playing lately. Um, And then uh, I I mentioned to you before we started, I just picked up the Borderlands uh, handsome collection because it's on sale right now on the PSN for fifteen dollars. And they just released a HD texture pack for free, which is really cool. So PS4 Pro will now have 4K 60 frame support. And uh, I have to say, it looks very good. That game, just the art style itself uh, lends to such great. Uh, you know, just color in general. So
1: very, the very cell, the cell shading and all that. Yeah,
0: it it just it holds up so well. So the the increased textures are just kind of an
1: added bonus, which is nice. I feel like if you're gonna get like a 4K version or like a remastered version of Borderlands, I I wonder if it's even worth it because that's not like that's not like the selling point. If you if if you know what I mean of the game to begin with, right? Right. So I feel like whatever i could still probably play borderlands one in its original form on the xbox 360 and Mm -hmm. it would be absolutely fine like like i i don't care like i've i've seen obviously that this 4k version is out today
2: Mm -hmm. and um
1: this remastered version and i'm just thinking to myself well i mean it's great in everything to get the hype building for borderlands 3 um Mm -hmm. but you know what i think i'd rather just get myself an xbox one like i said i was gonna get because yeah. it's 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 backwards compatible now on the Xbox One. Oh yeah. So so I might as well just grab that instead. Because I can pick oh, yeah. up Borderlands one on the on the three sixty for like a pound. Oh if yeah. I wanted to. It's and so cheap. Honestly, so.
0: It, it still holds up graphically. I mean yeah. the, the, look at a game like uh Le- The Legend of Zelda, the Wind Waker. That game is mm. timeless because of the art style. So Exactly. Yeah. So I
1: think that's what Borderlands have done. They've done so well, they've kind of like immortalized that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so that's it's always gonna will, look good. It will live forever. Yeah, sweet.
0: Well, uh, before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find in your element online. My website is in your You can find me on Instagram at in your element podcast. Uh, find me on Twitter at IYE podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider visiting patreon.com slash in your element and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad free gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any gaming-related news that you'd like me to answer, email me at hello at com. I will answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. So uh, lots of news happened while we were gone. Uh, so I want to kick it off with Sony's first state of play, Live stream that happened last week uh, where they detailed 11 games. Some of the games were updates to upcoming titles while others were being revealed for the first time. Uh, during the roughly 25-minute presentation, they spoke about Iron Man VR, uh, which was an uh, exclusive reveal for the uh, state of play, which was a, a nice way to open up. Uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel. they showed off some retro content that's going to be coming to the game. No Man's Sky Um, is getting a VR update, which uh, has been very positively received for people previewing that. And I'm very excited to jump back into that universe. That'll be coming alongside the No Man's Sky Beyond update that is coming to the game for free this summer. Um, They showed off a game called Ready Set Heroes, which is a dungeon crawler with a twist. Uh, Blood and Truth, which is an upcoming VR game, release date was announced to be May 28th, so coming very soon and um, then they had a, a sizzle reel for some PSVR games. that will be coming out the spring and summer of this year. Observation was shown off, which is an upcoming sci fi game launching in May. And they showed off five nights at Freddy's VR help wanted. Uh, I don't want to have anything to do with that game. That looks uh, not fun and, <laughs> and, and rather terrifying. Uh, they showed concrete genie some more of that. They showed a story trailer in that game. Uh, was something that I didn't really have on my radar, and and now it's looking better and better the more I've seen. So, uh, and they showed off a deeper look into a story trailer for Days Gone, which is coming out in just a few short weeks, and then uh, they finally finally wrapped with a uh, past meets present story trailer for Mortal Kombat 11. So, Matt, what were your thoughts on Sony's first attempt at a condensed live stream presentation?
1: Uh, I thought, um, for like a first first attempt it was Mm -hmm. um it was really smooth Mm -hmm. so obviously it wasn't it probably wasn't packed with the greatest content in the world we kind of saw or we kind of expected i would say more than 50 percent of the announcements they made in the in the live stream Mm -hmm. um but in terms of like how you know smooth everything was and how everything just kind of switched from one game to another it felt like you were watching like um like watching like a presentation on like one of those old school ps2 or ps1 demo discs or something like that
2: yeah it was really kind
1: of it was kind of quite cool and old school in that sense yeah um but yeah some of the stuff they showed us was really good and you have to admit like this is their first time doing this so i think they're only going to get better and i don't know how i don't know how often they're going to be doing them throughout the year Mm. um i assume maybe quarterly or something like that yeah, they didn't. They
0: didn't give a time frame of when to expect the next one, but they said that we will expect to see these throughout the year. So I yeah. think this is going to be something akin to like the Nintendo Direct, where you get, sure. you know, every three, four months maybe they they get drop an update with some news, which is nice. I think it's um, cool. Yeah, I, I think to, they did a great job.
1: Yeah, they're trying to validate uh, their reason for skipping E three oh so, for sure so they're like well okay so this is kind of like the route we're going down in the future so i mean it seems like um it seems like quite a cool way i mean some of the games that i saw there were just really cool i mean obviously i'd already seen them already but mm-hmm. i'm really excited for days gone now yeah uh, oh yeah
0: for sure I'm, I'm i'm all in on it and yeah and it's funny it's, it's, because that i really turned around on that game <laughs> so in yeah the last
1: me too months. man like it's it, it really piqued my interest mind mm-hmm. you I, I kind of feel like that they've been doing it on purpose because obviously they've been trying to put a lot of focus on the really big games that are coming for Sony soon. Yeah, you know, like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, um, Last of Us Two, and all that. Mm-hmm. However, with the Days Gone um, release coming up, they they just kind of put like a final push at the right time. They probably didn't want to overhype it too early, and yeah. then and then it died out. And then obviously when the game came out, it it would sell pretty pretty poorly I, I i don't know what the yeah. pre-orders are like on that game but um i think it's going to sell I, relatively I hope it sells well because i think ben deserved it
0: i could see i could see it selling maybe two two to three million copies which would be a great success for that for for a new IP. it really will
1: yeah it really yeah. will i think um with with the kind of effort and development that ben had been putting on that game i mean we saw we saw the initial trailer like almost three years ago at a3 mm-hmm. so obviously they've had some time on it um yeah i mean it, i hope it's a great game i hope it has a really kind of deep kind of interesting story from what i've heard the world is absolutely glorious um
2: mm-hmm.
1: really interesting characters really interesting kind of um enemies ai npcs um it should be a great game. I hope it has a good weapon system, good loot system. If it, if it has a reason for replayability, jumping back into the game, um, I could easily put fifty plus hours into that game. So yeah, definitely. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm quite interested about it.
0: Same, yeah. I uh, same with Concrete Genie. As I was saying that that game seems to be more and more interesting uh, the more I see it. At first, it, it seemed a little. I don't know. I don't want to say childish, but it, it didn't seem like it was going to be a very serious story. Um, the, the tech behind it seemed cool, but I didn't know how um, how in-depth they were going to go with the graffiti system. And it, it actually looks like it's going to be uh, pretty detailed and you're going to have a lot of creativity and freedom within that. So that's something that I uh, am definitely keeping my eye on. Um, and it seems as though that game uh, has been pushed to fall, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, so I think it was. I think I heard it was going to be fall. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think
1: initially they were going to go for Q2 this year or Q3 even. But, yeah, um, but they've. I think they've pushed it right back to the holiday now.
0: Yeah, I. I for some reason that that seemed like a May release to me. I don't know if that was ever locked in or not. But um, so I'm. I'm hoping that this isn't all we get from Sony this fall. I'm sure we're going to get some other some other games, of course. But uh, I'm really hoping that we get a big game this fall. I mean, Concrete Genie is a. It's a very small game from from one of
1: their smaller. Studios. I think I think your big game that you're talking about, or you're you're thinking about, or it might be. Is it, I think it's going to be The Last of Us 2.
0: Yeah, I saw something was updated on on their website that said October. I mean, soon. Yeah, October.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I'm pushing for.
0: All right, I'm I'm starting to uh to to believe you now
1: that uh that that game's coming out this uh, this year. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Last of Us Part Two this year, um, Ghost of Tsushima next year. I think I think we're gonna get Ghosts earlier in the year next year. I could
0: see that, like a Q two, Q one, Q two
1: release, like, like a Q two, kind of like a kind of like a mid spring kind of deal. Oh, that'd be perfect. That would be very nice. I'm all in Just on ready, that. Ready for the summer. Yeah, um one
0: last thing I want to say before we move on is the uh the No Man's Sky VR update. That uh and just the No Man's Sky Beyond update in general looks like it's going to be uh another step in the right direction for that game. Uh did you ever play No Man's Sky when it was launched?
1: I'm I probably only played like 2 hours. Mm. Um but one thing I do want to say about No Man's Sky is that so much credit needs to be given to uh Sean Murray and hello games like mm-hmm. what they're, what they've achieved with that game since it came out is yeah. is absolutely astonishing like yeah f- there's so many developers especially a um especially a studio of their size, very small um mm-hmm. there's so many studios that would have dropped that game that they did this massive ambitious project, seen the reaction and they would have dropped it like mm-hmm. a like a hot plate. Right, Um, just walk away. uh, Just walk away from it. Let it die in the sun. Mm -hmm. But no, they kept plugging. They kept plugging away at it. They've been dropping update after update, and slowly but surely, it's now one of the games to have. Yeah, Um, the community has actually risen quite a lot again. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. It
1: dipped obviously like a year or two ago, uh, and shortly after release. Yeah, it's just risen again, man. And like, there's so many people playing that game again, and with this VR. Component coming with the Beyond update, mm-hmm. that looks amazing. Like that looks like how it should have always been. I reckon they've been working on that VR support for a while. Yeah, um and apparently it's really good. It's very immersive, very intuitive. Um, I'm so
0: excited. This is this is honestly like one of my one of my favorite games I've played in the past couple years. And I know that that's like a controversial thing to say because it was so bare bones at launch and it was so under delivered in terms of what actually came out as a product but I think I probably spent 20 to 25 hours at launch playing the game um and and got lost in that universe because it was it was just the right game for me I know that that's not the game for everyone uh but the the just the feedback loop of mining the material and just exploring these different planets even though there wasn't much of uh, a story at first or much of an incentive to travel through the the universe like that's just such a great game to just zone out and and not have to worry about so much action if you will
1: i think it also says a lot about a game that for example has like like a like a 60 score or like a 65 on metacritic yeah a lot of people seem to say well why are you playing that it's trash and then you Mm -hmm. just made like a good point of well, that's the space that I was in at the moment, and that's what I felt like playing at the time. Cause mm-hmm. it 'cause it appealed to me at that time.
0: Definitely. So yeah.
1: You said you put twenty five, thirty hours into No Man's Sky. I can completely understand that because mm-hmm. the game is huge. Like yeah. and whether it's bare bones or not, you're still gonna find stuff to do. Yeah. Um I was going through the same kind of phase around that time with um uh Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Okay, so, yeah. A- again a hugely hyped up game Mm -hmm. because of the first mirror's edge and then it released and it only got like a 70 or whatever max maybe not even that maybe like a 67 68 and it was um and everyone was like well yeah people dropped that game straight away because people weren't really feeling it or anything like that but again that was another game that I got completely lost in Mm -hmm. like it might not appeal to the masses but it might appeal to one particular person yeah and uh yeah I had a great I had a great time with mirror's edge catalyst um so yeah i mean shout out to shout out to hello games um i I think they're gonna i think i think the sales of that game are gonna blow the hell up yeah when when vr drops for it
0: oh i i agree i think even after the no man's sky next update came out uh last year they -hmm. already saw like a spike in the sales too and it's funny because a lot of people on the subreddit uh we're like damn it i'm rebuying this game like i i I bought it at launch traded it in because i was angry and now i'm repurchasing
1: this game (laughs) and i might have to because i might have to because like the base the the base like physical disc is still pretty cheap oh yeah so i could just pick it up for like 10 pound or whatever like yeah it's 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 pretty cheap 10 15 pound and then yeah yeah, get all get all those updates and go And then it's going to be a
0: big multiplayer update with Beyond. So if you want to jump in, man, let me know. Oh, hell yeah,
1: dude. Let's discover space, man.
0: It's a great game. Awesome. Well, uh, moving on, Apple also had an event last week where they detailed many upcoming services. Typically, I don't focus too heavily on mobile games on the show as they're not really an area that I spend too much time in anymore. Uh, But this announcement of Apple Arcade Uh, is intriguing. So Apple Arcade is a subscription service that will be launching this fall and feature over 100 curated premium mobile games that will push the storytelling and design of the medium forward. Games will be added to the catalog over time and the subscription is good for your entire family. No pricing was given at the event, but Apple did mention that they will be funding these indie developers to help them achieve their vision. All games will be playable offline and progress is automatically synced across your iPhone, iPad, mac and apple tv and there will also be no in-app purchases all updates to the games will be free as long as you have the subscription service uh, matt what's your take on apple's formal entry into the gaming market
1: i feel like everyone's jumping on the bandwagon now aren't they yeah <laughs> like uh it's just like this has been the most chaotic like month or two with um all, all these you know astronomical companies like massive yeah. companies google apple uh, they're all just jumping in now. Yep, Amazon's
0: working I, on theirs too. Yeah,
1: exactly. Amazon's working on it. Um, so I mean, dude, I'm all in. Like, I think I know that Apple can do it. I mean, Apple TV's been around for a very long time, so I'm sure that when they put their focus on like a a gaming platform, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that they can pull it off and do um do 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 a great job. Apple yeah. Arcade. So I'm assuming. Uh, have they said kind of like what kind of games they're 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 kind of throwing in there or
0: yeah they they showed off uh some of the games. Um there wasn't any notable standouts that were like a must-have or must play games. Uh they did show ocean horn 2, which was kind of a uh a, it wasn't a, a game that like blew up per se. It was basically like a, a legend of Zelda Wind Waker clone yep. that came out uh years back on the on, on iOS. Uh, that was one of the games that they showed off. That's going to be included in this. And then there were some other indie games that I mean, there were some good-looking games graphically. It's incredible what what an iOS device can can push in terms of just graphical mm-hmm. power and, and everything. It's uh, it very much is uh, a small computer now in terms of of how much power is actually in there with uh, the custom chips that Apple's developing. Yeah, uh, and these are these are just experiences that that are. Not taken seriously, I think, because the mobile market has been pushed so heavily towards free to play and these like freemium experiences. Uh, so a lot of indie developers are not focusing their attention there. You may see ports heading over there, uh, but there's very little um, innovation in that in that area. And I don't want to. I don't say that to disrespect any developers that are making fantastic games, but the App Store is is such a large marketplace for games that those those good experiences tend to fall through the cracks, especially if they're uh, cost money. You know, we saw this with Super Mario Run uh, when Nintendo tried to price that uh, for ten dollars. You know, you basically download the game for free. And then if you want the full game, it's ten dollars. And yep. that didn't that didn't pan out very well for them. And, and now all of the games that they've launched since have been free to play because that's where the money's at. That's where the market is at. Uh, you've got games on the platform that you're competing with, like Fortnite and Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, uh, yeah. PUBG Mobile. All of these games are free to download and play. So it's it's very difficult to get a an audience for a, a premium game. Uh, the last game that I think I played that I purchased um, actually was Florence last year, which was uh, Phenomenal mobile game a very I short say, I,
1: I heard some very good things about florence oh it's fantastic it's a
0: beautiful little love story uh kind of just goes through the entire arc of a relationship in like 30 45 minutes it's interactive very unique oh, nice. game. um but you know it was like 299 but whatever uh but if that game hadn't gotten any hype from a lot of different media outlets i don't think very many people would have seen that you know uh it's it's kind of a, a bummer that these these great experiences do. Uh, fall on deaf ears so apple releasing this service and having these curated games is going to be i think a resurgence for mobile gaming um i think that this is a great service i'm very curious what the pricing is going to be i think that's going to be make or break for this Uh, i've seen rumors between 10 to 15 dollars a month which seems extremely high in my opinion it could uh, be yeah uh, for this to be successful i mean at that point you're competing with uh like a Netflix subscription, you know, what would you rather have Netflix or uh, mobile games, you know? I, yeah, I,
1: Netflix I, with like a loaded catalog at the moment as well. Right,
0: right, exactly. So I think that they've got a lot to prove. This is something that it, 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 there's more of a, uh, a teaser at the moment for everything. There's not solid information quite yet since it's going to be releasing in the fall. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely, my interest is peaked. Um, I I'd like to see more I think that the pricing is going to be a huge factor for them to be successful Um, I I do like that all of the games that they uh, mentioned or all of the games that will be included in this subscription um, are playable on Apple TV as well which is nice so they almost have their own pseudo switch going where you can play on your phone on your iPad and then take it on the big screen without losing any of that progress which is kind of cool
1: I think they have uh, they have the potential to succeed um but like you said the uh the price point is pivotal mm-hmm. um so yeah we'll see i mean i i trust in apple i've always had apple products so mm-hmm. i'm um yeah i'm convinced that they'll be absolutely fine
0: sweet well we'll uh i'll share more information as news comes to light for apple arcade so stay tuned for that uh last piece of news sega announced the genesis mini Last week, which will launch September 19th for $79 and will include 40 games pre-installed, 10 of which have been revealed thus far. Uh, They are Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Jam & Earl, Comics Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast, and Gunstar Heroes. The game will, uh, or excuse me, this Genesis Mini will launch with two original three-button controllers, an HDMI cable and power
1: cable. Matt, what are your thoughts on the Sega Genesis Mini? Um, I think, like, the inner child in me is, like, super excited, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Like yourself, the, the, Sega, the Sega Genesis or, or the Sega Mega Drive, what we call it over here, mm-hmm. um, was my first console.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: I was, like, three years old oh wow I, I want to say i was three or four yeah but obviously I, I, you know at the age of three or four like what do you know right so i'm just uh all i remember is that sonic the hedgehog was like my like messiah growing up oh, like yeah. he, i had Same. poster i had like a poster of him on the wall like he mm-hmm. like in the mid 90s he was everything he had like the animated tv show oh yes um yeah adventure, yeah, yeah the adventures of sonic the hedgehog Yep. um I had dudes. books. I had like Sonic books that I read. Yeah, I had the comics. I had the comics. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. um. Dude, he was he was a huge part of my my childhood. Yeah. Um, so obviously, they said they're going to include forty games in this in this uh, in this mini console, and I can yeah. see one Sonic the Hedgehog game in the ten that they've already revealed. Right. I would be I would be gobsmacked if there was not another Sonic the Hedgehog game in that forty.
0: Yeah, I think they just didn't want to. Overcrowd the initial 10 with Sonic everywhere just because of that looks like they've yeah, yeah. They, they've released so many iterations of Genesis collections throughout the years. You're right. And I mean they just released it uh again last year on Switch as well as uh PlayStation and Xbox. I'm pretty sure I've purchased this on Steam at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I bought it back on my GameCube, I bought it on my uh my PlayStation 3, I think I bought it on. So They've they've sold this collection of games time and time again. So uh, it's not it's it's probably not going to be a shocking list at the end of the day. The one game that I'm looking forward to finding out if they can pull off or not is Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which is uh, notoriously yeah. um, omitted from many of these collections due to some copyright issues they had, because apparently Michael Jackson helped out with the music. He did, uh, which, yes, <laughs> which is very interesting and uh, they were not able to land the, uh, the the rights for that music, or pay the royalties, or whatever they
2: had to do.
1: I'll tell you what, though, if you go back and play Sonic the Hedgehog three, mm-hmm. and you listen to that score, it's um, it's undeniable. You can hear it. Like it's 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 definitely got a certain yeah kind of like late eighties, early nineties kind of pop vibe, should we say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um. I love Sonic the Hedgehog three.
0: I love that
1: game. I adore it. So, so, what's your what's your favorite Sonic the Hedgehog game? So, I think, I think, every, I think technically, and I think technically and kind of like how everyone perceives it, I think Sonic the Hedgehog two probably is the best game. Yeah, me too. That's that's my um, <laughs> everyone says that Sonic the Hedgehog two is, and I do have a lot of good memories with Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yeah, I have a whole lot of good memories with Sonic the Hedgehog one as well. Um, that but, one was it, hard as shit for me as a dude, kid. Number So, one. you know, they suffered from the same thing as Crash Bandicoot. So yeah. basically, the first game they released because there was no barometer or anything for how difficult the game should probably be, the first right. game in the series was hard as shit, dude. Like, mm-hmm, the, first, yeah. the first Sonic was crazy hard. The first Crash Bandicoot was crazy hard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I would say the one I have the most nostalgia with is probably number three. And yeah. also, and also, uh, Sonic and Knuckles as well. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the add on expansion with the, mm-hmm. with the, the cartridge in the top. Yeah. I rented uh, that game
0: can... so many times. I never owned Sonic and Knuckles, but I rented it for, I, I, I geez, it had to have been like 10 times and I'd, it's I don't a great think time. I, yeah. And I'd always pop in like Sonic two or Sonic three and play with Knuckles through there. I hardly ever actually played through the actual Sonic and Knuckles game by itself. For some reason, I yeah, thought yeah, it was sure. more fascinating to just jam the cartridge on top and play with knuckles in the other games. Yes, which is so stupid yeah, for sure. But it was so, such a
1: cool, such a cool like initiative they had there. It oh was, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was great. The kid in me was stoked on that. I was like, what? What is this? This is like <laughs> hacking
1: the game. <laughs> this is mind blowing. Like you feel like some kind of professional kind of hacker. Like what's going on? Hacker and, man, uh, <laughs> hacker man. But um. <laughs> But yeah, I think overall like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was absolutely incredible. Amazing, mm-hmm. um amazing level design. Um the music was just fantastic. Um yeah. just the game it just it just it just fills you up, you know. So I, I hope um I hope they drop Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in this collection too. I think yeah, that would be good yeah. for everyone involved.
0: I'd I'd be surprised if they did not include Sonic 2. I think we're gonna see Sonic 1 obviously is there, Sonic 2, uh I, I really think that they can pull off Sonic 3, and this would be the right collection to put it in um, that would really drive some people to purchase this that, that may have already purchased it. Uh, throw the you know, trilogy it, in there. Yeah, throw the trilogy in there. Throw in uh, Sonic Spinball. Uh, oh, I need, yeah. I need Sonic 3D Blast, please. Oh, uh, yes. That, that's another good one. Uh, So I, I think there's a number of Sonic games that will definitely show up in there. And then we're going to get uh, Streets of Rage, I'm sure. Streets of Rage 2, oh, Streets of Golden Rage, Vector Man. Oh my gosh. I dude, can streets of Rage them.
1: was my shit back in the day.
0: Streets of Rage was so good. So good. Did you see the uh, the recent they showed off Streets of Rage 4? Some gameplay at, at so, uh So,
1: yeah, I've, I've heard of it. So th- this game has been like a myth, hasn't it, for quite a long time.
0: Yeah, well, they like Um, just announced it last year out of nowhere, just on uh, one day on Twitter. It was Streets of Rage Four is coming, and people were like, "What? Excuse me, what?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like just out of nowhere. This this franchise is like twenty five years old. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're still pushing it because I think everyone just has like a deep connection to that game because it has. It's just it's like one of the first kind of like well not I say not the first like kind of rated r pg-13 kind of action man side scrolling mm-hmm. like up dystopian yeah. like dark tone kind oh, of just the music too and number two Dude, i
2: think number
0: two so is
1: like you, you just feel like such a like you it's just like badass the, you know what i <laughs> mean like you're <laughs> yeah. just going through the streets just tearing shit up and it's just like oh gosh. i adore that game i really do
0: yeah so uh i i'm very very hyped to see what else comes out with this i think this is Almost certainly going to be a day one purchase for me. Um, I think that I hope this doesn't turn out to be another PlayStation classic where we see the initial 10 games and this is the best we're going to get. And then everything else is shit. I certainly uh, hope not. I, I I truly don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, we've been burned before now by Sony, uh, who should have had one of the best collections of all time and just managed to shit all over it. And, uh, and put out subpar hardware, too, with that. So Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the good thing is that Sega is uh, co-developing this with M2, so this is going to be uh, an actual first-party um, a, a piece of hardware because there are a number of Genesis minis already out there now that are mm-hmm. developed by other third-party companies uh, with no involvement from Sega, and they're notoriously bad. So this will be very, very
1: good, it seems. Sega lives.
0: Sega.
1: Mate, that's the most iconic thing. When you hear that shit. Yeah. Or later when they got
0: real crazy in the 90s and they just had the Sega. Like the guy, yeah, that like you- <laughs> screaming in your face, it yeah.
1: gives you like Damn. a panic attack before yeah. you've even played the game.
0: Yep, you're like, oh shit! They, I was waiting for the other Sega. We got the <laughs> guy now. Yep. Oh. oh man. All right. Well, uh, let's jump into our feature discussion. So last week was uh, jam packed with industry events. Besides the aforementioned Sony and Apple events, there were also the annual Game Developers Conference in San Francisco and PAX East in Boston, both of which are huge events with a heavy focus on indie gaming and development. Uh, but there were many other announcements made during those events that I wanted to highlight. So uh, I want to chat about GDC first. So we'll focus our attention there first. That was the uh, the first event in the uh, early on in the week. Uh, the big announcement that came out of that is Google Stadia, which we've spoken about at length um, on a previous episode. So I don't want to spend too much time there. But um, now that the dust has settled a bit after that announcement, what are your what are your like last
1: last second thoughts? I guess on Google Stadia. <laughs> My last second thoughts. Um, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still kind of I'm on the fence with it. I'm, I'm still kind of, but not in like a negative way. But I'm still just kind of waiting to hear more. Um,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. Let's put it that way. That's fair. I kind of just wanted to see kind of what they want to do with it because I think that Google have all the capability in their marketing team in Mm -hmm. their well finances obviously they're one of the biggest companies on earth yeah i I just know that i know that they can put out a good product um Mm -hmm. as long as as long as it's just fast intuitive has like very minimal latency as long as Mm -hmm. it all works very well then i will i will hop in and give it a try definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting for pricing. I think that's another big key factor for Stadia. What's it going to cost? Is it a la carte? Are you paying a subscription? I think that's going to be one of the big factors for that success. Um one thing that uh that kind of caught my attention uh, during GDC specifically was uh breakout sessions they had where people were actually getting hands on with Stadia. Mm. I guess was uh was a pretty uh, mixed experience for a lot of the uh, uh journalists that were out there reporting some people had uh no issues while others were having input issues and uh, a lot of lag and uh graphics issues with it scaling in and out based on the, the wi fi connection there um at the uh at the center so that's a little bit concerning um considering you know up in San francisco they've got pretty decent internet connections. so if they're not able to handle it up there. Then uh, I'm I'm worried for
1: a that's, lot of that's other places. That's been everybody's concern, though, in the comments of every single social media post you've seen about it. Everyone's mm-hmm. saying, "Well, there's only probably a select bunch of people that are ever going to be able to play this game, right?" with the yeah. with the internet speeds they have. I mean, the UK typically is okay mm-hmm. with, with its Wi-Fi. I mean, it doesn't have the best Wi-Fi, right. even in Europe. There's yeah. some other countries that are that are ahead. Um, the infrastructure. You you know what it is? It's because we're on living on a tiny island and there's sixty five million people trying mm-hmm. to all jump into the same thing and it's just all a bit of a mess. So we, we don't really have the infrastructure at the moment. We're working on it. But mm-hmm. I think we could still handle Google Stadia, no problem. Yeah. But obviously with some of the Wi Fi that you guys have over there. Um I know on the west coast yours yours is is, is, is very good. Um so if you guys are struggling to handle it then what hope yeah, does anyone else have?
0: Yeah, it doesn't look good for everyone else for sure. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. It sounds like we'll hear more about Stadia during the summertime. I don't quite know when the release is going to be, but I still anticipate that we're going to get uh, Stadia sometime this year, maybe in some sort of a beta capacity to start. At the, at, at the end of the year, I reckon. Yeah, it'll, it will It definitely seems like a 2019 thing. So For sure. Uh another big announcement that came out of GDC uh very developer focused um uh, clearly this is the the game developers conference so uh not not too much in the way of of actual game news coming out but Oculus uh announced two new VR headsets uh they announced the Oculus Quest which is a completely wireless VR headset it comes with two controllers and it launches with Beat Saber uh this year for 399 um, that is a little bit more beefed up version of the uh already existing oculus go, which is another uh kind of wireless headset um that's more mobile experiences uh stuff that you can play on like Google cardboard uh with your phone uh currently so the oculus quest looks like a little bit more powerful powerful version of that excuse me um and and the fact that it's coming with Beat saber is uh is definitely gonna move some units. Uh the other thing they announced was the Oculus Rift Rift S which is an upgrade to the existing platform that'll feature higher resolution, better comfortability and the uh all of the sensors integrated into a single unit and that launches this spring for 399. Uh what how, how do you feel about Oculus announcements?
1: I heard the uh I, I saw a bit of information on the Quest. Um mm-hmm. I think I saw what was it um I saw a bit of information that Greg Miller was playing it at- yeah, and, uh, and he said, and he said it was unreal. Like he couldn't yeah. believe that he had this ability to play some of the games that he was playing and not worry about tripping over anything mm-hmm. or any kind of cables or any kind of any kind of thing like that. So I think it's it's a massive push forward. Um, Definitely, yeah. I think that's going to be a wake up call to uh, PSVR and and all these other uh, all these other hardware mm-hmm. hardware systems that are in place at the moment um i mean i I think ps i think psvr is great um they're Mm -hmm. they're doing a fantastic job over there with the gear that they have yeah um but obviously if if oculus quest starts picking up as and when it drops then Mm -hmm. i think i think psvr are going to have to rethink it and they're going to have to kind of go go wireless as well
0: yeah and this is a this is an interesting product because no pcs required so psvr has a slight barrier of entry that you have to have a PlayStation 4, right? You don't have to have a Pro, but just you have to already own a PlayStation 4. 4. So yep. you're already in the whole you know, $299 uh, roughly. Uh, plus then you have to purchase the VR unit, which will be another $299. So that's a mm-hmm. $600 um, minimum barrier to entry. Whereas you get Oculus Quest at $400 and that's it. You have everything you need there. You can download games directly from the unit itself. No PCs required, no additional hardware is required. So I think this is definitely moving in the right direction. VR is still such a, a young technology, something that really hasn't been fully realized. Uh, and I think a lot of the limitations now are uh, expensive PCs that you need to build to be able to run this stuff. First of all, to have a good experience that's not going to make you sick because of, uh you know, uh, refresh rate being too low or, or graphics being uh, not good enough that you're, your eyes start to hurt and, you know, you get headaches and stuff. So I think this is going to be, this is where VR is headed. It's going to, it's going to have to evolve into a wireless format of some sort. So this is a a great first step and it's good to see that they're putting it out this year too. So it's going to be competing directly with PSVR. Who's been having over the past 12 months, a fantastic run, you know, they've, they've sold, uh, I think something like four, four to 5 million units total, uh, which is, in and away, the best-selling VR headset thus far. So this and might obviously
1: be... Sony are really pushing it now. Yeah. coming into twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. I think they've got a lot of games lined up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With this, I, I think. I think the 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 floodgate game, the, the game that opened it up for them was Astrobot. Oh my gosh, that is
0: one of the best games I've played just in general in the it's past just... twenty years. It's so... Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, obviously. So the, the, the PS, well, not just the PSVR, but the VR conversation in gaming has been going on for how long now? Like solidly, like four or five years. Yeah, I would say so. I think, talk,
3: I, think, I think we're talking. I think
1: I think we're talking like about if if we're going to look at like what we want the end product to be. I think we're talking like we're talking about ten years, aren't we? Really,
0: I think so. You know, until get, get until, it it's realized, until it's fully realized,
1: until it's fully realized. Yeah, I, I think we're looking at like you know like two thousand and twenty two, twenty three until it's like fully integrated like into into our gaming lives Mm -hmm. um but i think for the next i think for the next two or three years at least we're still going to be we're still going to be classic gaming with our with our with our handsets
0: yeah i think it's still very much in this experimental phase where different people are trying different things and seeing what works and uh i think that this is definitely a step in the right direction um, making it completely wireless and not having to worry about the sensors. Setting up sensors is frustrating. Uh, like right now with the HTC V, for instance, you've got to set up all these uh, multiple room sensors around, and and you know there's a lot of wires everywhere, and it's yeah, it's sure. really it's really not a jump in and play experience that you get with a console. You have to there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, and you have to have enough room so that you don't run into anything or knock things over. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's yeah it's still very much a a niche category. Uh, I think it's still very much a an early adopter scenario. But I think that this might be the first. Um, well, I think PSVR has really been the first critical success, just in terms of the mainstream because it is so accessible. Uh, you don't. We're have gonna to-
1: we're gonna look back at the PSVR as it's gonna be legendary at the end. You're gonna you, what you're gonna do in five years' time when you're playing like this insane piece of kit. That mm-hmm. you probably never thought feasible in 2019, you're going to look back at PSVR and be like, "Wow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like what mm-hmm. they achieved uh, in the in the gaming space." Yeah. Um, what the, I think what they've managed to do now with the PSVR is just make it so accessible to so many people. Right, that's the beauty um, of it, it's, and it's it really just, is um, pretty
0: plug and play.
1: Yeah, so I think by the time we're playing some of the VR uh, titles of the future, you'll you'll have to thank Sony um, for. A lot of things uh, in the v r space absolutely, and we may be also thanking Microsoft
0: in the near future, so uh they were speaking about their Microsoft x cloud um, this was more on the developer' side. there wasn't much new info that was pertinent to consumers um, they didn't really show off too much, but they did talk about some more developer features for the uh, SDk uh, which will allow them to create dynamic controls on the touch screens for, uh, for for gaming on the go through your phone, which sounds pretty interesting. Uh, they talked about uh, controls on the screen that will show up uh, that will be different for, say, when your character's um, walking versus maybe being in a car. There will be different controls available to you that are dynamic, and the developers will be able to change that uh, on the fly. Um, and they, they also spoke about... Uh, Games being able to save your progress even if you're not at a traditional save point. Uh, If you're playing on a phone, for instance, because they understand there may be uh, internet connection issues you may drop out. You might have to close the game. Maybe you get a phone call and they're able to kind of postpone your progress so that you can pick it up on whatever device you go to. So sounds interesting. I'm I'm definitely excited to see what Microsoft talks about at E3. It sounds like we're going to get some great information about xCloud. I was just um, about there. to
1: say, um, I think when you said we're going to be thanking Microsoft a lot, I think they're waiting. They're patiently waiting. Have you noticed how quiet yeah. Xbox have been the last couple like days and weeks? Oh, yeah, yeah. So with all the PlayStation news that's blowing up, GDC, yeah. PAX, Borderlands 3, all that stuff, yeah. how much have you heard from Phil Spencer?
0: Uh, he, he basically said uh, he spoke directly about Google Stadia you know, saying yeah. that, kind of praising the technology, but he also said that Microsoft—I don't remember the exact quote, but something along the lines of—you know—we basically have our own thing that we're waiting to show too, that mm-hmm. is is kind of gonna put so put this uh, Stadia to shame,
1: if you will. So, I think the pressure like, is on. The pressure is on Microsoft for a very strong E3 this year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. I
1: hope, I hope um, they can pull through.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm very uh, as somebody who again, didn't have an Xbox this generation. Uh, I, I really do want to see them succeed. I think it's it's very healthy to have uh, this competition, especially with Microsoft moving in a completely different direction than Sony, where they're being more inclusive with uh, being able to play their games anywhere. Um, Game Pass is such a fantastic service that they've got. Um, the backwards compatibility, uh, you know, the, the list goes on. They They've been making so many consumer-friendly decisions where Sony is going a completely different direction with fantastic exclusive games, uh, VR, uh, you know, not not such a heavy focus on their services that, like Microsoft is. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, the next generation. But I do really want, want to see Microsoft succeed. I think it's a, it's a good thing
1: for everybody. Most definitely. It can't just be Nintendo and Sony out here.
0: No, no, definitely not uh another big piece of news that came out of gdc god of war won game of the year at the game developers choice awards so hats off to cory <laughs> and the team oh continuing my god to win awards even into 2019
1: <laughs> in other news water yeah. is wet
0: right uh, like... we've, we've, we've exhausted the conversation uh, about god of war but it's good to see that that they're still getting recognition and uh i mean just what a great game what a fantastic game
1: where, where's that horizon zero dawn game of the year yeah where
0: Yeah, they're a couple years late on it, but
1: maybe, maybe, maybe Guerrilla will get something in the post. (laughs) Uh,
0: Last, last big piece of news that uh, that I pulled out from GDC. uh, Amy Hennig was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award and her career spans uh, electronic arts, crystal dynamics, Naughty Dog and Visceral Games. And she's best known for writing and directing the
1: Uncharted series. Overdue. Overdue. Yeah. Yeah
0: very very uh successful woman changed a lot did a lot for um game storytelling for sure with uncharted mm-hmm. uh I don't I don't I don't know where we'd be without uh some of the some of the influence that she'd had on the industry. I um, don't know
1: where a lot of first person games this generation would be without uncharted. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, one of the
0: first like movie feeling games that I've ever played where I'm like I am I am playing through an Indiana Jones
1: game right now. Like, honestly, like when you play Uncharted 2 and 3, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like masterpieces on the PlayStation 3 system, and then when you go back and you play Uncharted 4, and then you think to yourself, wow, like, mm-hmm. Uncharted, 4, Unch- Uncharted 4 to me is still mind-blowing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, just ugh, the level of detail in that game graphically is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, artistically storytelling everything so yeah um she fully deserves any any plaudits any credits she gets um she's she's given us a lot and i still think i still think she has a bit more to a yeah. bit more to give as well
0: absolutely well i hope to see some something more in the future from her yeah for uh sure. let's shift gears and talk about pax east so pax east was a, a much more gamer centric uh conference. That happened in Boston. Uh, biggest announcement to come out of there, no doubt, was Borderlands 3. We finally got the announcement. It was been teased for a bit. They uh, they teased a small video before PAX. They teased the uh, even before that the little sign that said March 28th. So they've been leading up to this. And we finally got the announcement. Borderlands 3 is coming. Um, and actually, earlier today, we got the announcement of the uh, official release date, which I believe is uh, September 13th. Mm, yeah, that's, that's that's what I've heard. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, yeah, they they detailed the uh, box art, the collector's editions, the extra crazy collector's editions, all that stuff. So, uh, what what was your takeaway from the uh, the gameplay trailer that they showed off at PAX East? I
1: think it I think it looks great. I think um, so. It's like the infinite question, isn't it, with Borderlands? Do they stick with the original formula mm-hmm. that made the series so great? Yeah. Um, or do they kind of ditch it entirely and try and stay, stay with some of the other first-person shooters that are out there currently? Yeah. And I, I feel like they're going to strike a kind of happy medium. Mm-hmm. They they were on stage, weren't they? And they said, um, "This game is not going to be a battle royale. Like, it's not going to be anywhere near a battle royale."
2: Yeah, which um, is great.
1: <laughs> which it's is different. great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The crowd erupted. They went absolutely yeah. crazy. They were just like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, but, that would be, um, that'd be a disappointment if that's. It all would that was. be a disappointment. It would be a disappointment. I mean, just give us that, give us that kind of integral classic Borderlands experience. You know, mm-hmm. massive open world, huge loot system, missions coming out of your ears. Oh, um, yeah. You know, you could play the game for ages. Like the story, play it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of wacky, kind of. Dialogue. Um, you just want the game to be completely outrageous. That's what you want from a Borderlands game. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping uh, that it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Although, saying that, have you seen? Obviously, yeah, we talked about the box art. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking a lot from this box art. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. it looks kind of. Um, I feel like, uh, well, I don't want to put it out there so soon, but maybe it's it's going to have a bit of like a religious vibe to it.
0: Yeah, that uh, it's definitely a, a bit more of a departure from the previous box arts, that's for sure. It looks amazing. Yeah, it looks
1: great. Um, I love with the art. like with the roses in like the foreground and kind of uh-huh. like the shining light in the middle. And did and you notice the, the little... faces
0: in the roses?
1: I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice touch. I like that, dude. It's gonna be. Um, yeah, I I have full I have full faith in Gearbox and what they achieve. Mm-hmm. So, uh, dude, a billion guns. Yeah. Come on guns with the legs (laughs) guns with the legs
0: that trailer was we got you we got you boo boo. yeah that was that was i mean yeah you can tell that this is going to be a great game i mean this is one of the games like red dead where you just know it's going to be uh critically acclaimed game i think that it's almost guaranteed that everybody who plays this is going to enjoy the game i mean they're they're just so much fun i think you you make a good point the the question is how how are they going to go with the narrative? Is it going to be, uh, you know, just a traditional Borderlands game where you can play with uh up to four people and and loot together, or is this going to become a Destiny Division, uh, um, Anthem type game where we've got a, a massive online world, a shared hub? Uh, I would personally, I think that they established the the shooter looter genre so well. I think that they would be, um right to enter into the uh you know the online shared shooter universe and i would personally like to see them go that way
1: i think um a lot of these games that are out at the moment looter shooters have so much to lend to Mm -hmm. borderlands Mm -hmm. um so like you said yeah to see borderlands come in and do something similar would be absolutely fantastic it's, it's almost like the godfather is coming home you know
0: right um they've been taking so much from borderlands now it's time for borderlands to take a little bit back and hell show the yeah price.
1: what it is right they dropped borderlands one and two and then they decided to sit back and watch destiny come out watch anthem come out watch division come out and they've just been mm-hmm. sat there they've just been chilling on the sofa developing right. developing this game yeah as if to say well look what we've got mm-hmm. and uh and i think borderlands 3 could shock in a good way i think it's gonna hit hard uh Mm -hmm. it's gonna sell it's gonna sell like crazy um it could it could very well be one of the being one of the best games of the year that's what i was just gonna
0: say i could see this be definitely a contender for game of the year this could possibly it's it's gonna be
1: in the conversation for sure yeah if
0: last of us 2 comes out then it's gonna be this damn this is gonna be a crazy ass year (laughs) it's already
1: been so good too
0: so dude yeah it's it's only getting better
1: and we thought 2018 was good huh
0: Right? I know. We're, we're three months in, four months in now, and it's already shaping up to be an even bigger year. Indeed. Uh, another game that they showed off at PAX East, uh, more of an indie game, uh, Cyber Shadow. So this is uh, the first game that's being published by Yacht Club, who uh, are famous for the Shovel Knight series of games. Um, interestingly enough, it's developed by one man. Uh, I Forgive me if I mispronounce the name, but it looks like Arne or Arnie. Mecha Skull Hunziker? Ooh. Something along those lines. it's uh, yeah.
1: probably not, not a bad effort.
0: All right. Well, anyway, Mecha Skull is what he goes by. Uh, he's been working on this game for over 10 years. Uh, and it's an 8-bit eight eight era style uh, action platformer. Uh, a lot of the gameplay that they showed off looked very similar to the Messenger that came out last year. So kind of unfortunate he's been working on this game for so long. And then uh, out of nowhere, this uh, this other ninja-focused... Uh, action platformer comes out uh gets gets a lot of attention a lot of conversation last year in the messenger um, i'm hoping that he has something uh more to deliver beyond kind of another clone if you will of a game that that's already been out so uh excited to see though that yacht club is moving into the publishing that's uh that's that's awesome uh also interesting uh that that we haven't heard any more news about uh what they're working on after shovel Knight. I'm very intrigued
1: I think because they've been kind of riding the wave with Shovel Knight, haven't they?
0: Yeah, they still so have obviously. the last two like pieces of DLC that they were working on too that's got to mm-hmm. come out as well. But I mean, they've got to be hard at work on the next project. Uh, and I, I I really wonder how they can follow up such a such a great game.
1: It's just hugely popular. So I mean, obviously, if, you're, if the game is a success and people are still playing it, then I guess there's no reason, I guess, to let everyone know what you're working on next.
2: Yeah, that's it fair. was I think
1: I think it was very similar. You can kind of think about it back to a Triple A space. You can kind of you can kind of talk about it in the same way about CD Project. Mhm. So obviously Witcher 3 killed it. Amazing game. Uh but everyone knew that Cyberpunk 2077 was on the way, but they didn't feel the need to talk talk about it yet because they were still they were still just piling on everything with Witcher Mm -hmm. so um and then obviously now they've completely dropped witcher 3 and now we're getting cyberpunk 2077 so i think i think yacht club could do exactly the same thing
2: yeah from an indie
1: space from an indie side of things
0: sure yeah yeah i'm i I really hope that they move into a different type of game i don't want to see another 2d uh Mm -hmm. platformer uh 8-bit platformer Uh, i i think that that genre has been so played out over the past few years that I really think that they, they were one of the first games to really open that indie uh, retro genre up with Shovel Knight, and I want to see them expand into another area that maybe hasn't gotten attention. I don't yep. know what that is, but I, I really do hope that they surprise us with something else. So, uh, But very, very good that they're, that they're publishing now.
1: That is a dope name as well, Yacht Club. Yacht Club,
0: Oh, I know, right? And their little yacht logo.
1: Yeah, man, that's... That's I got a lot of time for that. That's very cool. (laughs) Uh,
0: Another indie game that was shown off uh, at PAX East is is Dead Cells Rise of the Giant DLC. So uh, this was uh, uh, coming for free on PC. It's already available uh, now, and it will be coming to other platforms at a later date. It's going to feature two new dungeons, new monsters, loot, and more. Uh,
1: Did you ever get around to playing Dead Cells last year? Oh, man. So after we basically started conversating way back in august or whenever it was yeah uh you you, you've been talking about dead cells a few times on some of your shows Mm -hmm. and i i I will admit before i started talking to you in the in at the end of the year i wasn't much of an indie guy i played some i played some indie games i jumped Mm -hmm. in and out of them i love like the the whole vibe around indie games um and kind of you know how how you can just interact with them and especially it's so good to play with like friends and things like that right um but since then uh i've heard you talking about dead cells a lot and i've been meaning to pick it up and play it and mm-hmm. the same with uh same with the messenger oh, um my and i just oh dude i need to so bad because these are, it's in my backlog it's right at the top actually i need to i need to purchase it and get involved because yeah um, they we, look we, uh they both look absolutely fantastic
0: they're very very good last year was a great year for indies in general i think with Uh, For me, the big three were Celeste, uh, Dead Cells and The Messenger. Personally, Uh, those were those were all very, very good games. Um, Dead Cells is is a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's 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 such a great art style because it's it's like a 2D side scroller retro uh, action platformer. But it's got almost a 3D look to it as well, the character uh, a bit. Yeah. Um. But man, what a great game! It's got a good loop. It's uh, it's procedurally generated, so that's like such a a hot word and in, in so many uh, indie games these days. Procedural mm-hmm. generation is just so big. Um. But they do such a good job with it because the the game is you're able to play through it. Uh, at whatever pace you want. If you want to play it like a Metroid game and and explore and and find every secret and nook and cranny in each level, you can do that. If you want to just speed run through it, there's uh, timed areas that you can get to that have really good loot, uh, but they 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 close after a certain period of time. So if you're if you're taking your time and you get to these gated gated areas um, and you've passed the time limit, you can't get in there. So it's uh, very unique. You can um you know you're going to be a little bit weaker. If you're just running through the game very quickly, so enemies are going to be a little more difficult, but the payoff is you get this better loot. So it's kind of, kind of an interesting way to approach the game, but very, very fun. Uh, highly recommend picking that one up.
1: I will most definitely do that because I think obviously after the, some of the big AAA games come out, I'm, I'm going to need something to kind of like for downtime, you know. Mm, so I, uh, I think pick up, th- pick up some indies and play yeah. those.
0: This is a great like uh, palate cleanser game for me, like uh, yep. something that you, you know, you've got a big meaty AAA game that you're playing. And and, you know, let me let me pop in a dead cells for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and, and
1: run through, you know, a couple times or, or... unwind, unwind, yeah, before unwind you give up on games for the day. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They, they all present their own different challenges. But um, I, I love indie games, man. They're 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 pushing the industry forward in such a unique way and not getting enough attention that they really do deserve. So uh, dead cells very, very fun game. I can't wait to check out this DLC because I've been uh, itching to jump back in there. I've been I've been playing so many, so many indies uh, have come out since then that I've been seeking time into that it'll be nice to return back to that because it's dead cells feels like comfort food to me already. And it's uh, being such a new game. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, sure. another game they that we got to see, uh, well, we didn't really get to see ourselves, but folks who were at PAX East got to see was uh, hands-on with the Switch version of Mortal Kombat 11. And uh, initial impressions are positive. So it sounds like uh, they were able to scale the graphics down a bit, of course, but the gameplay itself is still extremely smooth, uh, which is very, very uh,
1: good for folks that are going to be picking up uh, Mortal Kombat on Switch. Like, honestly, is, um, has Ed Boon taken a single L? In the like the the build up to the release of this game? Dude, he's been on a tear. Just every every time this guy
0: tweets out, it's just news after news after excitement after you know,
1: whatever. I mean, yeah, he's I'm gonna he's... put it I'm gonna put it out there right now. All right. <laughs> Mortal Kombat Eleven will be the best selling game in the franchise. Oh wow. Okay. I'm telling you now, like I've not seen a marketing I've not seen I've not seen a build up and hype for a Mortal Kombat game. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Mortal, Mortal Kombat ten didn't even get this much hype. No Mortal, they, Mortal they, Kombat nine not And I yeah. guess just
0: they've done a fantastic job rolling out the characters and just hyping up, you know, small batches of news at a time. Um and then yeah, they did a fantastic job with the initial reveal. Um, I covered that for um uh, Mammoth Gamers, I think, uh back back when I first started writing. uh very, very good job with just everything they've done the gameplay looks
1: ridiculously good as I, well i know it's so gory i love it <laughs> it just looks so over the top and insane like if if yeah. you told like 10 year old me who was playing like the original mortal Kombat back in the day that that you know a mortal kombat would look like this in the future i would mm-hmm. say you are kidding dude like there's no way it's ever going to look like that and mm-hmm. then you play it and it's just like holy shit So real, it looks insane. Yeah, like I'm, I'm literally seeing like scorpion now, like literally cut people in half. Like like you and you see like all the guts hanging out and everything, and it's just like,
3: give me, give me that, give me the guts, give me the guts, dude. Yes,
1: yeah, it's gonna be good, man. I can't wait.
0: That's coming out this month, man. That's coming out soon.
3: Very soon, right?
0: April twenty second, twenty third, something like that. It's going to be it's going to be a packed month, man. We got Days Gone coming. Mortal Kombat's coming. Cuphead's coming to switch. Oh, my Dude, gosh, I can't cup wait Cuphead. Cuphead. Oh, boy. Uh, last game I want to chat about real quick before we wrap up is uh, a game coming from Justin Roiland, who's the uh, creator of Rick and Morty, uh, the co-founder of Squanch Games. Uh, he showed off Trover Saves the Universe, which is going to be playable on PS4 or in PSVR. Uh it looks like just a bunch of uh comedy madness that you would expect from Justin. Uh game looks very over the top. Uh just just a lot of fun. Did you get a chance to
1: see any footage of this? Um I, I literally just in passing on Twitter, I didn't um yeah. I didn't dive deep into it, but as soon as I found out that Justin Rowland was on it. Yeah. I was thinking, well, this <laughs> this is only this is only going to mean one thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan, so Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to ask uh, if you if
0: you like Rick and Morty. This yeah, is Yeah,
1: for sure, man. This is right up my street. So, <laughs> yes. um, I, I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Nothing short of excellent.
0: Yeah. The writing's going to be great, I can tell. I uh I played through the um the Rick and Morty VR game on PSVR, the virtual Rickality. Um yep. and it's it's it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was uh uh obviously done by him as well. Um, so I'm I'm excited for this. That was a fun game in VR. That was uh kind of like uh there there's a game that came out that's called Job Simulator. Um it's yes. basically they did a, a collaboration with the folks that worked on that. So it was it was much of the same type of gameplay as Job Simulator. You're doing like small tasks, if you will. Uh, but Trover Saves the Universe looks like it's gonna be an actual uh kind of like a 3d platformer to an extent there's going to be combat and just insane dialogue from what they showed off I've, I've watched a few gameplay videos from pax and i can't wait it looks like a lot of fun yeah for sure well matt uh, i want to thank you again for joining me today uh where can folks find you online
1: uh yeah so i've got my own uh got my own little little podcast on the side these days um so i'm kind of just running off the social medias off of that now um cool. so on instagram it is at pixel paradise podcast um and on twitter is at pix paradise so that's p-i-x paradise it's pretty much where you're going to find me i don't really use the personal accounts as much as i used to mm-hmm. now that i've got the uh, the podcast on the go so you yeah. can find me right there
0: Sweet man. Well, thank you. And uh, once again, if you have any gaming related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYE Podcast or email me at the email address hello at in your com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. And if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash in your element and supporting at the one dollar level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists. Be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you consume the show on and leave a review if you enjoyed the content. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists.